Welcome to Scooped Podcast presented by Diggin Magazine, where you get the inside scoop on all things entertainment and culture. This week, we feature AFI Fest and AFI Summit presented by Audi. We're spotlighting panels and Q&A discussions with MTV Studios' new movie, Pink Skies Ahead, with writer-director Kelly Oxford and lead actress Jessica Barden, as well as Rachel Brosnahan and a tribute to Sofia Coppola with conversation and much more. Hi, and welcome to presented by Audi. I'm Sarah Harris, the director of programming for AFI Festivals. Thanks for joining us tonight for the world premiere of Pink Skies Ahead. First, I'd like to thank our supporters of the festival, including our presenting sponsor, Audi, our cultural partner for this screening, SAG Indy, all of our AFI members all over the country, and you, our audience, watching safely at home. So I'm honored really, really honored to be here tonight with um, some of the cast and a very special uh, leader of this film. The writer-director Kelly Oxford is here with us. Hi, Kelly. Hello. And we also have Jessica Barton. We got corona tests and got negatives yesterday, so we thought since we, we live so close, like we live really close yeah, to like each other, well. yeah, that we should do this together. It would be fun. Awesome. We also have Adea Rush and Devin Bostic here as well. Hi, y'all. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Hello. <laughs> First of all, everybody, congratulations on talk about a long road. Um, I, I'm just so excited here tonight celebrating um, your hard work and this movie, and uh, I'm really, really excited to talk about it. So. First, I'm gonna ask Kelly. Um, this, you know, this story comes from an essay that you previously wrote, and I'd love to hear how you chose this particular essay to kind of transform into script and film. Um, when you had many different other projects and yeah. writings, when I went on my book tour for this book, um, when you find out the world you. Um, this was the essay that people most um, responded to when, you know, I do book signings and so many people came up to me and said, I felt so connected to No Real Danger, No Real Danger changed my life. And, and when I was trying to, um, personally just trying to find something to work on, I just thought, oh, that's the thing. Like, that's the essay... I should turn that into a script. So many people um, were affected by it in such a good way that um, I thought this this would be a great thing. Like making it into a movie would be amazing. So I wrote the script, and here we are. Yep, here we are. <laughs> Two years later, in a pandemic. Two years later, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of the valley, here we all are on Zoom. The height of like everybody communally sharing anxiety. Yes. I mean, it's incredibly timely, I have to say. Um, but Jessica, I'm curious what about Winona did you fall in love with when you read the script? What did you connect with with this character in particular? Because I really felt like it was myself. Like, 
So that sounds kind of bad because it's like I'm in love with myself and like I'm not, believe me. But like I just was like, yo, this is like my life. And also I just really, really wanted to work with Kelly so much. And I was like, oh my God, like she wants to work with me. And like, she thinks that like I could play her in a movie. I was like, whoa. But it, it was also just like, I really related to it. I knew that I could learn something from it. And I knew that other people could learn things from it, which is a dream. That's what every single actor wants, you know? Yeah. So one of the things that I'm really drawn to about this, a lot of things that I connected with, but I think there's a lot of beauty and heart in the complexity of the relationships of all these characters. Um, and it, it seems like it would be a really fun set to be on because it was the best. <laughs> it was like not, it, yo, it was not like if you have anxiety your relationship with everybody is extremely complex like yeah. so complex and so that was like obviously what we had to act and it was so perfect because off screen it really felt like everybody that came to the script had some kind of relationship yes, to, anxiety. to anxiety even the crew everybody you know I had so many conversations with everybody on set with actors and with the crew about their personal anxiety and their journeys with it and I think everybody was on a level emotionally invested in the movie that they were making um, because of their personal anxiety and that made us a lot closer to each other and really collaborative as well very yeah so was it very was there was it pretty close to the script throughout like yes. you feel all yeah. of it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was to the script. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I also want to just acknowledge. I think within this kind of um, talking about like the relationships of the characters, and especially even on set, it seems like if you were, it was a safe space. And I, I don't want to contribute that to just one factor because I think that that's a very mindful choice that a director makes. So thank you, Kelly, for that. But I also think that, you know, there's a characteristic, I acknowledge the fact that you're a working parent and that this industry doesn't tend to uh, be that easy on, <laughs> um, on working. And, and I'm wondering if that also kind of influenced your approach to your actors and how you worked with, with your cast here. Um, well, when you become a parent, you definitely think about people in a different, start treating people in a different way because you become a mentor to whoever you've birthed and you realize that everybody around you is somebody that was birthed and you treat them sort of in respect and that's so cool yeah and so it's like another level of life <laughs> no it is though it is another level of life for sure and and having a set family is the same as having a home family. You're spending so many hours together during the day. Um, it's the same as being at home and, and micromanaging all of that too. <laughs> yes. Today and Devin, do you want to talk about the kind of about what it was like being on this particular film compared to some of the other work you've you've done? Um, 
You, you're all by yourself. I feel so bad. I also tested negative, but we didn't. Yeah, really I wasn't that. invited, but it's, I mean, we were going to do something else. So. We got plans after this. I just have positive. Can we redo this? We'll just no, do it again together. But how could we all, listen, this makes more sense, you know, yeah. it's all good. Um, no hard feelings. Um, but the, um, if Ripley was here, it would be a super spreader like event, like it would be a thing. Like if it was here, they'd be like, "Oh my god, did you know that they had yeah. everybody at her house?" Like, yeah, it would be. Yeah, that that would be good. I mean, bad. Um, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that'd be good for us. <laughs> um, but what was it? Oh, um, question. Just the the vibe on set was thing really chill. Um, kind of the opposite of what anxiety is, I would say, um, just, you know, Kelly really knew what she wanted. It was very relaxed. Um, it felt, I don't know. I, you know, I feel like I, I've worked with a lot of first time, you are, it was first time director, right? Yeah, you, 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 yeah. She's written a bunch of things, <laughs> her favorite thing, um, but she's written a bunch of things, but you, and she's been on a lot of sets and you could feel that because it was just like, felt comfortable and like you could explore and not I don't know I've been on sets that are so high pressure and I feel like all of the days were finished and we weren't ever like behind or had some sort of crazy drama on set like it was all just very prepared and relaxed and fun and easy and I think that just comes from how much you prepared um and I think that's why prep is so important and just casting uh, good actors and just such a good actor that, you know, she I feel like this, the scenes were easy um, to, to do with her. So, yeah, it was fun. Uh, I, had, I had the same experience. I didn't, I didn't work very long on this, but it was, I, I get nervous for everything. Like, even right now, my hands are super clammy. Uh, and, like, before any shoot, I'm kind of, I have... I have anxiety, uh, and it was one of the most calming sets I've ever been on, and it really felt like more. Nice thing. In the smallest bookstore in the whole world. A hot small <laughs> bookstore in Ventura, but it was it was like it, it felt super prepared, but then also very free to play in a way that I don't think you get on a lot of sets. And um, I remember leaving that day kind of just being struck by all of these incredible moments that I was like, wow, why aren't, why isn't every set like this? Like this is, this was a really enjoyable experience. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, it was, it was, I was like just blown away that it was Kelly's first time directing, even though I know you've been working all, all of these years, but it was like, uh, working with a, like a top of their game pro that's been doing it for a very long time and knew how to orchestrate everyone on set in a beautiful, um, calming fashion. Awesome. Um, I have another, uh, you know, talking about relationships as well. The other thing that I find really interesting about Pink Skies is I appreciate the layers to Winona's relationship with her parents. It's like, it's that time in your life when you're trying to carve out your own space as an adult and as your own person. And you're, you know, you come back home and you're like, trying to be friends with your parents and then you're also roommates with your parents and um and it's complicated and it's it feels very honest what's that thing makes you want to throw up (laughs) 
yeah, I'm just curious. You want to wind to your room is like, oh my god, like it's that is like fucking hot. Oh my god, am I allowed to swear? Sorry. <laughs> when a parent is like, yeah. do you want to take wine to room? You're like, oh my god, why do I hate you so much? Like, because you get that like you're supposed to like them. That's like a nice thing for them to say, but also you're like, why are you so embarrassing? Yeah, yeah. I just, I think it's. Tell us a little bit more about kind of like finding that balance for when I, or, you know, what that meant for her to to be around her parents in that way. And I know it's not <laughs> without Key and Marsha Gay Hardman playing the parents. It's, like... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're a teenager, you can't help it. When you're a teenager, your brain automatically makes you refuse everything your mother suggests if you're a girl everything your mother suggests your automatic intuition is like no i'm 28 i'm still that no and (laughs) it never but but that's a part of the teenage brain and that's a part of separating from your parent is becoming your own person and as much as I mean, they have such a hold over you, over your childhood. And then as you age, your brain literally, it's science, says, no, I can't listen to you anymore. It's such such an interesting story because no matter how much you love them, um, you, as a woman, especially, refuse everything they suggest to you. Even when you know it's probably right, your brain says no this isn't this isn't good for me so um i mean it's science there's nothing we can do about it it's it's aging it's becoming your own person you can't be your parents when you become your own person so um it's like what tigers do all of everybody yeah all the animals do it as well yeah Yeah. It's, it's a really great i mean it's a different kind of spin on the coming of age right it's it's a really um is really special and i think it's a great element of the film thank you so much yeah i'm also curious we i you know to how much you're comfortable about talking about the the panic attack moment because i do think the film approaches this in a way that i haven't seen before in cinema and i think it's a a very uh way to show anxiety because i think you know, I think it has become more common in conversation to be able to talk talk about it. Um, But usually it's just considered stress or, you know, it's invisible. But the way the film approaches um, Winona's kind of spiral in that moment and the complexity of all the racing thoughts and emotions, I I certainly connected with. Um, And I think a lot of people right now, I'm sure, have... I was really crying when I watched it because I was like, oh my God, this is what I feel like right now. Like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's a very powerful scene. I, you know, did you discuss how that, how you have seen that in film or um, did you have any specific ideas? No, I have never seen Nick Attack in a film And it was day two of filming. And it was day two of filming. Oh, wow. And I knew... But I knew how the movie looked because I wrote it. And I knew what a panic attack looked like because I've had many panic attacks. And I really just wanted to um, put on film what a 
panic attack looks like and feels like. And I think that Jesse did such an amazing job of work, of just walking us through what that feels like and looks like and how devastating it is um, to go through that. So, so yeah, I didn't get inspiration from anything because I've never seen anything like it. I just knew what it felt like when I was in that room by myself going through it. And I really wanted to portray that for other people because after, you know, when I was, like I said earlier, on the book tour and talking to people who had gone through this, I realized there were so, I had no idea. I had no idea. It was like 60% of the people coming to get their book signed were telling me that they had experienced this. And I really wanted to put it on film so other people could could maybe relate or see themselves in it or somebody they know in it and, and take away from it. And Jesse was able to portray that in such a real way that, that I can only be thankful for it. I think the thing that I wanted to do was just like the thing that how completely also like embarrassing the whole situation is because I was trying to think about like how confusing and ashamed you are like your own body or like your brain to like completely I don't know what the word is but like to just go against yourself because the whole thing is like you just do it to yourself. I, like, I can remember when I had a panic attack, somebody was like, oh, well, like, it has no medical record, you know? Like, you right. could be having a panic attack, and, like, if somebody was, like, a medical person was recording it, like, it has no physical impact on your body after. There's no, there's no, like, it doesn't leave a scar on your body in any way, but when you're inside of it at the time, you're like, how am I not going to die? This is crazy. Yeah. And just how actually insane, embarrassing, and how painful it is. And then at the end of it, there isn't any record of it ever happening, you know? Like, no one ever knows. And then from that, like, how cool it was that we were putting it in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It is such a solitary experience. Yeah, no one ever knows about it because actually having a panic attack in front of people unless you're they don't know unless you tell them they don't know you're having the panic because attack. even like in the job interview scene yeah until she steals the lip gloss they still just think that she's fainted you know yeah. like yeah. the world where you could just come around from that and be like oh sorry like i didn't eat breakfast and just go home and never think about it again because she does the real panic attack like throwing up um privately no one has to know about it yeah. So yeah. just how crazy that is. And just like it you're so like defying yourself as a person. You yeah, know, you like are. you you can wake up and like make breakfast and like brush your teeth, but like this is just insane. And these are all things that your brain is doing by itself, you know? But this decision leads you to complete destruction. It's so crazy. Yeah. I think I mean that's the thing that is what makes this film truly remarkable is that it does have a shared experience of something that isn't usually shared. And uh, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it was a very, it was a very powerful moment for me as well in the film. And I know that those at home probably have connected with it as well. So kudos on, on creating that and creating the conversation around it too, um, because it's really important. And, um, 
And Jessica, I was also kind of curious, like, it seemed like that would be that particular climatic role, like scene would be just an emotional and physical toll, but shooting it on day two, how do you even, how do you like, the, the only answer and like the first answer that comes to my head is because it was like the truth in the time was I didn't have a director that was like gonna ask me weird questions like I knew that I was because this is just the way that I work like when I'm filming something the only person that I really think about is the director I don't think about who's watching it really one day I think about the director as being you know like your eyes and ears and they can tell you what it looks like I don't want to be thinking about that when I'm doing when I'm doing a scene so on this occasion the person I had doing that was somebody where I was like yo this person is it like she gets it I totally trust her like this is the yeah. whole thing the whole thing that whole scene where jesse jesse was crying so hard i don't know if you can see when she walks in the bedroom her shirt is soaked that those are literal tears those are her tears from crying so hard and we just um we just created a space for each other where we could do that scene i think but it was so also like so easy and casual it, it really was just like oh like you understand yeah. because so many directors would be like okay i just like what what are you gonna be thinking about when you're crying and you're like ew like no i don't want to have this conversation with you and like by the way if there's any of those directors watching like cool hire me i'll do it like it's not gonna <laughs> like I'll figure it out but it's so much better if you just cast the person that like gets that gets it you know yeah I knew Jesse got it and we started talking to each other it was just like subliminal messaging or something yeah day two didn't seem it didn't seem weird that we were doing it day two at the very top of it it seemed weird because there were other people there but with both of us, it was fine, and then it just slowly like built into yeah, like, like no one very... accepted either. They were all quiet. They were all very respectful and wonderful, and and also I kind of waited my whole life to do this. I was like, you want to see a panic attack? Like, I'll do it, man. Like, cool. Like, and you're gonna pay me? Great. Let's go. Action. Like, yeah. can I call action? Let's yes. roll. Like, I was like, I'll. This is it. I'm your girl. Like, I'll do it. You know, I kind of wait my whole life to do something constructive with this situation. Yeah. So you can tell. I think you can tell from it. Yeah, it's very genuine. It comes from a very genuine place. Um, Well, on a lighter note, we'll kind of switch gears a little bit, but I'm curious how many scenes everybody had or how many slurpees everybody. Yeah, we had so many of those freezers. I just love the freezers. The icies. Yeah. Those freezers were delicious. I've never been able to find one like it ever again. There's this thing in England called a tango ice blast, which is so good. (laughs) Like, I don't know what, tango's kind of like Fanta, but you can get like cherry and apple flavor. And when you go to the movies, you get like a tango ice blast, but they don't exist here. The other day, someone was like, what do you really want? It's like tango ice blast. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, oh, right, I'm in America. <laughs> I'm also. I'd love to hear from everyone if there was any um, particular favorite stories, or you know, as because we're we are running out of time. But any uh, particular scenes or moments that you'll just always.
for making this film um, something that will never, never leave you. Hopefully positive. <laughs> I ripped my pants on my only day of work. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, it was. It felt so free and open that I was like, maybe I should, maybe I should enter into frame like so. And when I bent down it, right before shooting, I was like, oh. Um, and it just all the way down, just ripped completely. And I felt like I'd blown it. I was like, they are going to regret having me here. Um, and then, and then just random things about the bookstore that I remember us finding within the, the that was like, I don't know, Jesse was super cool as well in this way where she was like, I remember we were filming what the scene and you were like, it feels weird. Like, should we try? Yeah, sure. Let's try it this way. And it just felt like so. I've never. Yeah, we tried that. We tried the interview scene at the end of the. the Yo, I didn't do this trailer. I didn't do the scene right. Like, I just couldn't. No, this is this is important to talk about. Yeah. Like, I didn't understand the scene. Every single person has a day. Every actor has at least one day on set where they're like, "Oh my god, like, I can't act." Like, I'm being serious. Like, yeah, they agree. Like. You just kind of turn up that day and you're like, oh shit, like I, I'm shit. Like why, why am I here? And it was, it was kind of that day. And at Devin, that was his day of work, and he split his pants and like he was doing the scene. I was right there with you. <laughs> yeah, how do we do the scene? Like, and it felt like a lot of pressure because it was like the last scene of the movie. But you know, like um, the. I guess the overall message is like you do the scene and it's in the movie and no one knows. Never even had to change the. No one knew, Devin. I didn't even know. It's Devin. like a Zoom. Devin, nobody told me your pants split. I knew it. You'll get charged for that later. Uh, Thank you, Dan. <laughs> I did. You have any later? <laughs> <laughs> did you have any was there any particular no nothing fun for me oh no i'm kidding <laughs> i was trying to think all um all i do um think i don't um uh, it was just what like do we have like something like that well we filmed in a cloud which was weird like when we filmed in oh the- yeah it was like that was just like a weird experience because like it was so dead. mushroom scene that was really fun. All of the scenes on the, the lookout between you two. And it was always like 105 degrees. It was 105 was degrees, fun. but in clouds. It was so weird. We filmed this that movie cool. in summer, which, and we that were falling. Cool. The was poster, um, I remember after me and Jess were sitting there and we're having like a really good, long, deep talk, and he gave me a metaphor about the highways while we were looking at the highways because I was kind of feeling down. Oh, yeah. And we were sitting like, like, I have no one going to the same place anyway. Like, you don't know. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Tell the, what did you do? I didn't, I don't know this story. Tell me. You were just talking about, like, I don't know, people like. People are going different places. Yeah, and, like, comparing yourself to people. What happens like, in this industry, yeah, where you compare yourself and you start feeling like, fuck, I don't want my, I mean, I want my, you know, stuff together and I need to, and you start looking at other people that are your same age or whatever and you start freaking out. All, like, I don't know about you guys. You, do you ever get like this burst of like, oh my god, I have to get everything together right now, and it's of not. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a person. Yeah, like yeah. 
moment like that and just was walking me, talking to me through it. And it was like, I don't know, it was really on the same road, but you, and you get annoyed and you're like, why is this person cutting in front of me? Like, why are they trying to overtake me? But then no one's going to anywhere. Right. You know, like, unless it's Christmas, maybe. Like, (laughs) uh, you know, I'm certain times of year, but yeah. You're not going to the same destination anyway, so it's like, if that person wants to cut you up, cool. But, like, you're not yeah. going to my house. You don't know where I live. Yeah. And you guys were having that talk when you were on top of the car. On top yeah. of the car. Like, oh, that's was, like, really dreamy, that whole, that that's whole great. Was felt, I think it was one, I feel like it was one of my first days, too, and I remember thinking, like, this is just so nice, you know? This is really, doesn't feel like work. It feels um, very special and kind of like dream life we kind of we were in a cloud literally and you know we watched the sun go down that day, that um night and it was cool that's it's awesome a great job that we'll probably never get to do again because of coronavirus so i'm joking it'll be fine there'll be a vaccine like no i'm being serious like everything's gonna be fine if anybody's watching this and like oh my god it's like everything changes nothing stays the same it's gonna be fine. It's all a phase. It'll be fine. Right? Here in like a year from now, we'll all just be like idiots again and we'll forget that any of this ever happened. <laughs> I really believe that. I hope. There's nothing else to believe in. <laughs> I hope so. We, we definitely at AFIFS would love to be back in Hollywood right now. We, we've talked about it's the things you take for granted until you don't have them, you know? Yeah. Is the AFIFS building in Los Feliz? Top of Western, just next to Griffith. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. I haven't been. I haven't been back since March. But this, the, the you should go and you should go to all time and you should get crispy rice from the brunch menu and you should sit on the piece of grass at Griffith Park opposite. A- I I did that this week. No, I did. Yeah. I went and got food from all time and sat across it and was like, "Is that the? Because it has all these things outside of it." And I was like, "Oh, whoa." But yeah, you should get through that. It's a good time, and there's lots of weird people there. It's like good people. And then once all yeah. the food's digested, I used to go there and then just roll down the hill to release. <laughs> like a, you know, like how you would when you were a kid. You just just give a good roll, and that'll that'll let it all out. I'll do it. Not the food. But. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna roll out of this. We're gonna uh, wrap it up. I just want to thank everyone for being here tonight. Everyone at home for watching, and uh, congratulations on uh, selling the film, which was announced on Friday to MTV yeah. is picking it up. It's very exciting. So it has a home. Yeah, it's so iconic. I MTV is the most iconic ever, and especially for a movie set in 1998. Like, what we. We were a very small budget movie. We couldn't afford to license the MTV logo. And now we have it at the beginning of the movie. So we're good. When was it the movie? I mean, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> iconic. Yeah. This is a reference. It's so great. It's uh, it's very exciting. So congratulations on that. And uh, for anyone at home, tomorrow, the AFI Summit, um, Kelly and Jessica will be there for centering characters on mental health conditions. It'll be a little bit more in depth, uh, really interesting conversation. So don't forget to join us. And uh, to everyone here tonight, thank you so much. Uh, congratulations on Pink Skies Ahead. Thank you.
you. Thank you, everybody, for watching that are watching it. People that are watching it right now, thank you so much for the support. We really appreciate it.